that lead deficiency that you had, that's going to get cured real fast. Because there are some things that are worth dying for, ladies and gents. You radical. The system and everything that it touches, it corrupts and it is rotten. We are not here to get the establishment just to run for their money. We are here to change the course of history. In the wars, in the Fed, in the Empire. These free people who can contract together without government regulation has been proven to lift the human condition. And we can see it plain as day if we just take off these ridiculous tribal banners. The government doesn't give a damn about people dying. Unconstitutional for the American people to be saddled with that kind of debt by gunpoint to have it wasted on bureaucracy. I'm not finishing my yet. Thank you. My mission is to bring people together while preserving the freedom of every individual, regardless of skin color, age, faith, gender, love, and every other nuance which makes us unique. I was informed that their main interest was liberty, and in this cause, I am doing my very best. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, quick couple of admin before we get into the show. Uh, if you love the show and you want to support it, you can do it through uh, uh, Cash App. I said the lightning is coming. I should have that up for you guys next week. But uh, the Cash App cash tag is Shane Hazel uh, if you guys want to support the show. And thank you to everybody who does. Really appreciate that. If you want to earn sats and send me sats while you listen, you can uh, listen on Fountain FM. Uh, it is a it's a growing network of podcasts that are absolutely some of the best in Bitcoin uh, and best in liberty. I mean, it's it's more than just Bitcoin out here. It's it's amalgamation of people coming together from different circles, uh, and it's it's really cool. So Fountain FM, uh, if you're listening, you might as well earn some sets while you're doing it. So. Um, the last thing before we get started, I guess, uh, if you need to contact me about the Bitcoin Maximalist, if you are looking to get into Bitcoin and you haven't done so yet, uh, you're looking at how to start, how to get a hot wallet, possibly a cold wallet, take self-custody, uh, which we all highly recommend, uh, you can give me a shout at shane at shanehazel.com or you can reach out uh, through the website radicalpod.com slash Bitcoin Maximalist and uh, we'll get you started there. So Anyway, uh, without more ado, uh, my guest today is a good friend, one of the first guys I actually met in person in my Bitcoin journey uh, down at the uh, the uh, Miami Bitcoin Conference of 2022. Uh, he is an author, he's got a lot of uh, published works in uh, Bitcoin Magazine, Satoshi's Journal. He contributes um, to uh, Late Night with Bitcoin, and he is also, what I think is probably one of the coolest crowning achievements, The uh, one of the, the authors of the uh, Monetary Independence or Declaration of uh, Monetary Independence, which was on display uh, last year and uh, this year at Bitcoin uh, in Miami, and people got to come up and sign it. Uh, my friend, welcome to the show, Ulrich Patillo. Welcome, sir. Good to see you, man. Hey, dude. How are you? Thanks for oh, having man. me. Oh, man. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm excited to have you. I'm glowing after Miami. Are you uh, you recharged? You kind of settled back in a little bit after, you know, a week from being down there? 
Um, I'm definitely glowing. The the skin is uh is glowing a different tint, not like I'm used to. There's been a lot of cloud cover over in uh Southern California, so the uh the change in everything, climate, humidity, uh, it was a it was fun, and uh, I'm I'm back. To, I'm happy to be back home. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too much water in the air down there in uh, in Miami, huh? I, <laughs> I can't even you, breathe. You sent you sent a post. I, I told you you sent a tweet or a a, a text message. Oh, it's dry heat. It was ninety nine percent humidity. I know it was a joke, but I was actually I was a little bit irritated. I'm like, that's not funny at all. That's not funny at all. I'm going to be suffocating. <laughs> I, 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 got <laughs> I sent that out tr trying to lighten the mood because <laughs> no. I mean, anybody who's been to Central Florida, they know, man, like it's like walking into like it's, it's, it's actually worse than that. It's almost like you walk outside and some big dude just slaps you right in the face like welcome to south florida here's your initiation i was you know i was a little concerned out there for people i was like man yeah we might actually have some heat casualties today because most people aren't from the south they're not used to that kind of heat right. and, and and humidity so um now get on everybody for staying out there so uh ulrich for the audience out there uh was also part of uh range day um man you, and you you brought out a really slick pistol i don't know if you want to talk about guns or anything on, on here but like oh i love it let let every let it be known i got an fm57 i've been doing i've been doing my best with my gun collection to, to follow <laughs> with my uh with my millennial uh heritage every if i could every gun on counter-strike i would like to own one day so um uh i have my co collection going i'm not going to deviate if i can help it and uh picking up the fm57 uh it was just a it was a crowning achievement for my collection so i'm so, loving it so ulrich pulls out this fn57 and i was like <laughs> i gotta see this thing man because i've heard of it i've actually that was the first one i've ever seen in person i was actually really surprised about how lightweight the gun was for such an explosive round and for anybody that doesn't know what like a a 57 is think of a shorter cartridge 556 type of round and projectile tons and tons of powder behind this tiny projectile and it's actually i mean it's i think it's probably level four defeating like you shot that uh kevlar out there went straight through the kevlar through the ballistic gel and just kept on going alex from swan <clears throat> excuse me alex from swan indicated that police normally wear i think level three uh yeah. And so I don't know what grade it, it can penetrate, but yeah, you saw the differences between a nine. It, it caught it, it caught it clearly. Forty-five, it barely breached the Kevlar, um, and the the five-seven round, it was like what Kevlar? It's like, and I, <laughs> it was like I was surprised. So that was actually the first time I shot it. The first time I ever shot it was like let's test up against some Kevlar and uh and it went clean through and it's like and, you know body armor need not apply man it's yeah in pistol work. form and and that wasn't yeah. even the penetrator round like it, we were talking a little bit out there standard. for people who are into guns and all this kind of stuff this is standard just you know lead uh you know and and i should say copper jacket so mm -hmm. when when you look at you know a green tip which a lot of people maybe don't know the significance of different tip colors on different ammunition that green tip is a steel penetrator and if you threw one of those on there oh my god man <laughs> uh, i'd probably be spending all my bitcoin trying to trying to buy those rounds as well those rounds are already expensive uh you know you standard market rate in california is 90 cents a round so 
luckily I was able to find a better deal uh, at a, a specific FFL. But yeah, it, when you go use that gun, uh, just know that you are digging in your pocketbook and uh, just <laughs> just make sure you budget that that time on the range with a five seven. Have you uh, have you thought about uh, learning how to uh, press your own uh, your own rounds or any of that? I'm saving casings from when I go to the range, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I know a, a, a coworker that was thinking about getting a machine, but he's like, basically every time I go to the range, I'm saving the casings. I don't know if I want to do it the 5.7. Uh, I kind of want to keep the, the rounds clean and new, but for the 9s and 45s, I've been just stacking the ones that I can collect and just waiting for opportunity to, to, to refill them. Right on, man. Well, obviously, you're you're a big proponent of not only the 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 Second Amendment out there, but you're also a you know a original author and signer of the Declaration of Monetary Independence, which a lot of people maybe don't know about yet. But I think it is you know it, it's it's right up there with the Declaration of Independence in that it does something um, really really profound i think in this in this day and age where you know some people will some people in power might consider you a threat for you know launching something like this let's let's talk about um why all right first of all who came up with the declaration of monetary independence yeah um so before before we go into our little team that put that put it together i will say that there have been others in the past um, I want to say even one of the member, one of the founding or early members of SWAN, I think Brady Swenson uh, wrote mm -hmm. an article uh, that was called the Declaration of Monetary Independence. And, uh, and we actually reached out to him to say, hey, we're thinking about coming up with this project. Um, we're going to we're going to make a website. Are you OK? We see that you had one written maybe maybe three or two or three years prior. And when he saw what we were putting together, he was like, go ahead. Like that was a one-time thing and your guys is like way better. So he is very gracious uh, with that. There have been other ones that have been on, you know, in the deeper parts of the web, whatnot, uh, maybe a crypto um, statement right. of independence, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. but uh, so, but the thing is Mark Mariah, who's a, you know, retired lawyer, um, marketer, I'm just an all-around good guy. He came up with this idea back in 2021, and he was putting it out in the in the Telegram for uh, for Bitcoin Magazine because that's where he was contributing. He was giving it a lot of his time, and uh, at that point, I had been contributing for about maybe six months. And he's always been a very nice guy. When I go to work in Colorado Springs, uh, he we we go have dinner, and he was like, "Hey, I want this this." want to do this effort, but it's kind of big. I want some help. And I was like, I immediately sent him a message. Like, I would love to help you out. It sounds like a great idea. Um, Mike Hobart came along shortly thereafter. And we basically, he had this outline, preamble, you know, call to action. And then these bullet points of what's wrong with fiat, what's wrong with, uh, what's good about Bitcoin uh, in a very, in a very simplistic way. You know, we're not getting into any uh, blockchain engineering here, something for for the common man to understand and to uh, to to agree with or or to disagree with. Mm -hmm. And we basically, with you know, with the three of us, we met on numerous occasions, uh, refined the list, made sure it wasn't uh, duplicative, make sure made sure it was a uh, wasn't ambiguous, um, and, and really, and even a uh, 
put it out, you know, to to other people who weren't working on it. Say, hey, does this make sense? Do we sound like we're talking out of our ass here? Uh, and it became a really cool product. And our goal was to release it uh, on October 31st, uh, which I think coincided with it coincided with a specific date. I don't want to say it was the. Uh, Oh, gosh, now, now, I mean, I forget. I know October 31st was like this one date that that was important in Bitcoin history. It wasn't the release of the white. It could have been a release of the white paper. Yeah, it was it was either the re release of the white paper or the release of the of the Genesis block. It was one of those. I forget. Um, but then uh, so we, we released it along with a couple of articles about it on Bitcoin magazine. And uh, it was supposed to mirror. Uh, the, the Great Barrington Declaration. And for those who don't know, the Great Barrington Declaration was basically a statement of disagreement with how the world, the mainstream media, the mainstream uh, uh, health organizations handled the COVID pandemic. And there are doctors from all around the world that signed this digital or online petition. And that petition essentially uh, was capped, showed how many people signed it from all over the world, not na not naming any particular names, uh, but said like there were a thousand people who signed it in the United Kingdom. There were, uh, you know, 10,000 who signed it in the United States. And maybe they went, maybe they, they, they uh, made it more particular by state and this many people signed in Brazil. And so we tried to mirror that. And so we, we enable you to sign the declaration uh, online. And if you want, you know, you, make it anonymous, you know, and one day, you know, one day when we get enough num numbers on that spreadsheet, we have probably released an appending page that counts, hey, this is where all these people sign the declaration to uh, where they basically aligning with the principles outlined here, saying they, they believe in separating money from state. And then additionally, you know, additionally, we put it at the Bitcoin conference. Hey, you guys want to, you know, make it sort of like a totem exhibit, sign your name, take pictures, selfies, sort of like a morale builder. It was popular last year. I thought it was even more popular this year um, when pe people are texting me saying, I didn't know you did this, bro. It's like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of cool. I'm glad you liked it. Um, so it's a nice thing. You know, it's not the most articulate, you know, uh, upgrade to the bit to the Bitcoin protocol. Um, it's not the most, uh, it's not the, the most beautiful article written, um, but it's a, I think it's a good basis for educating people about why we're here and what we're fighting. Yeah, it, I think it's absolutely excellent. I, mean, I got to run by last year and sign in this year and, and you know, it was funny. <clears throat> Mike Hobart had, you know, uh, said something about like, hey, you know, you guys get over here and make sure you sign this. And he put a picture up and it was funny because right above that guy's head is where I had already signed it. So I was like, proof of work right here, man. And um, you're, you you hit on separation of money and state. And I think it's super important. You know, I, I say it a lot on Twitter. I don't say it probably enough on the show. Um, this idea of removing the, the, not only the monopoly on violence, but the monopoly on, on currency on on money i should say not not currency they you know just just money in general uh from these guys it, it, it's a it, it's a concept that i don't think most people have come to grips with just because a lot of a lot of history not all of history has been marked by 
uh, you know, people who are extremely powerful that coin money and 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 regulate money and inflate you know money out of uh, existence along with their kingdom. So um, to see this, you know, it's it's funny as you guys did this about the same time as the Great Barrington Decla- Declaration in response to COVID and everything else. Um, I wrote a Declaration of Independence about the same time as all of this was coming along. It was early on in COVID. I think it was April because they had locked us down said you know hey two weeks right and like hey you know i was like dude this is not going away this this changes everything but i you know to to help people kind of understand you know where we've come from um you know thomas jefferson being the declaration the the author of the declaration of independence here in america there was a long list of grievances in the declaration of independence that most people i don't think have ever gone back and and read or know and understand. And when you go back and you read the Declaration of Independence, you see now how how much more free people thought uh, back in, you know, in in those times. Uh, And, you know, obviously not everybody, they didn't get everything right, but they revolted over so much less than the atrocities that are going on now you would you agree with all that yeah what was that 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 uh the the boston tea party they were what was the tax was it two percent um you know (laughs) it was minuscule if it was if we had two percent taxes i i i firmly believe we would be jumping off of roofs having parties there would probably be uh it would be like every city won the stanley cup the World Series and the NBA Finals, all at the same time. I mean, mass hysteria. <laughs> so, you know, that's the. But guess what? When you have been taken from for so long, uh, you forget what freedom looks like. Yeah. And you know, when and every time, you know, people have short-term memory. You know, 1984. You know, laid that out really, really particularly where they 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 literally erased history. And we see this time and time again, where uh, where a politician would go on stage and they'll say something, and it was complete opposite of what actually happened. Um, but yeah. because it's not countered by the mainstream, because it's pro- because it's propagated both Democrats and Republicans, um, because it's propagated by the mainstream media. You know, some random person like Shane Hazel will come from the side and say, "Well, what about this?" And they'll say, well, "What are you talking about, Shane? What are you talking about?" <laughs> So Don't it's like him on any headlines tomorrow. <laughs> it just embrace that guy. Yeah. So it's like, you know, these kind of things, the the this is why maybe, you know, the, the Great Barrington Declaration, maybe we maybe we, we maybe we got comfortable um with our with our documents that we wrote, our our really heavyweight um pillar documents. And of course, you know. We we move on as we move on away away from those the Constitution Bill of Rights Declaration we start to the the leaders the people that have power continue to shave off just a little bit you know amendments to the Constitution whether good or bad they add they add to what we were here for in the first place and uh, or they take away from it you know mm-hmm. the ta- you know the income taxes that came around in the 1900s. I think that what you did with your declaration, the Great Barrington, the Declaration of Monetary Independence, and most importantly, you know, all these are paper and they and they they make people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But then Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a declaration written in code. And uh, and this declaration can't be shaved off, can't be pushed to the side, can't be mitigated by the powers that be. No matter how big you are, um, you want to play in the Bitcoin network. Okay, here you are. Here's your here's your here's your controller. You're you're a player. Oh, you not you want to be a full country? Here you are. Oh, Ulrich Patello, here you are. We're we're equals. We're not. There's no there's no. Oh well, he has more Bitcoin, so he has more power in the network. No, that's what you're thinking about the fiat world that you live in. Um, you think you're thinking about the Cantillon effect. You're thinking about banks versus versus uh, retail uh, members of society versus consumers. They are definitely different participants. But Bitcoin, you have miners, you have nodes, you have and you have a uh, you have participants. And it's a beautiful thing to to balance the playing field. And now we can actually have a uh, true capitalism. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think you make a beautiful point there, man, is, that, you know, Bitcoin is its own constitution. And I don't think most people think of it like that in terms of you, you have, you know, what we we had in the past, which was kind of like these agreements of men, third party trust. Right. And, you know, no, no, no man or woman on Earth is perfect. So what you're going to get is an imperfect trust at that. And so now you've got the opportunity and the freedom to say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm in. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna adopt some Bitcoin. I'm I'm gonna cold storage this kind of stuff." And in doing so, you automatically play by the rules of that constitution. There, there is there's nothing that anybody can do out there to change what those rules are, and so they can't disenfranchise or they can't uh, empower anybody into you know I should say. It, without equality. And I think that is one of the, the coolest things about Bitcoin is it just takes the entire, you know, establishment, the Cantillion effect and flips it on its head and just says, hey, if you guys want to really come play ball, like we're here. We are the creators. We are the producers. We are the innovators. And we are, we are the people that have skin in the game. So if you can be all of those things through a declaration of independence or a declaration of monetary independence or a declaration of Bitcoin, or a, 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 I should say a constitution of Bitcoin. What a, what an amazing point in history to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, let's, let's go. Let's see how, let's see what we can do. I think it is a great statement uh, for people that, you, you know, are showing up, especially in the public eye. And they're, they're just, there are these tales, right? Like, Hey, if you, if you are, the people who are fighting this, you're a rent seeker. Like you are, you're absolutely one of those people that takes advantage of other people so that you can have a more luxurious life. Um, yeah. Bitcoin shines the light on, on essentially grifters, profiteers, people that do seek to um, make something for nothing. And, you can see that because they know, like we, we pretend like these politicians are so uninformed. Like, oh, if they would only see, they would realize that Bitcoin would be great for everyone. Well, it's not great for everyone. It's great for people that the current system is not great for, and the current system, the people who the current system is great for, bankers, politicians, um, you know, 
the biggest politicians, maybe not some random, you know, rep in in Wyoming. You know, we're talking about the ones that you hear about on on TV, the ones that the that you that you see that oh, people are com- you know complaining about you know Diane Feinstein or Nancy Pelosi. You know, these people have made massive massive amounts of money um, by their ability to make laws to control where new units go. Mm-hmm. There's only one law that dictates where new units go in Bitcoin, and that's the the miner that mines the the new block, and it happens roughly every ten minutes, and it's going to decrease every roughly every four years the the subsidy reward, and that's going to go on until 2140, and it's going to keep on having every four years. Politicians don't like that. Politicians want to be are there to change the rules for their betterment because they only have four years. They only have two. How many reps have two years? I forget. Yeah, two years for, for the reps, six years for the senators and presidents. You know, four years, four to eight. Depending. Oh, four to eight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and and senators, you know, or reps, you know, two years to life, six years to life. And yeah. these people, these people, they say, while I'm here, because no, if they're not good at what they do, they may be voted out. They say, I gotta. They're looking at their clock. I got to get as much as I can while I am here. And so their laws, while they pretend they represent the people, they re- they represent their their interests because you can't your int- your incentives. You, no one's bigger than in, than their incentives. And when you put some when you put this big plate of lawmaking ability in front of someone, and you're saying I can do that, people are gonna they're gonna eat it up. You can't avoid that because the other option is you're out of office and you didn't make anything for it. You didn't get your book written. You didn't get law. You didn't get turned laws for a corporation so you can go work as an executive for them one day saying, thank you for playing, playing ball with us. These are the types of things that would be erased off the table on a hard money, uh, apolitical Bitcoin standard and politicians, any laws that they're potentially making, uh, it's like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to shut down, you know, that street on Sunday because of whatever, or, you know, some, some rudimentary, uh, meaningless law compared to the things that they do now where damage actually happens. People get hurt. People are enriched, uh, at the, at the hand of this, of this current, uh, of this current way we live. Uh, Bitcoin really does fix that. And the people that are fearful of it, they're the ones that we should be watching out for, not the opposite. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Um, I, I think it's it's fun to take take that. You you wrote a piece um, that was a what if piece, you know. And anybody that knows me knows uh, me. My my kids especially are into Marvel, and so I really appreciate the the the. the the activity oh yeah marvel what if yeah i forgot already yeah what ifs and uh to say all right what if and and this is this is you know what is for a lack of a better term this is war gaming and i think this is very important in the space is to have people who can look at what we have first and foremost at our fingertips and then project into the future and i've seen you know quantum projections you know hundreds and hundreds of years away maybe thousands of years away uh i've I've seen you know very near future but what doesn't get talked about a lot is 
kind of that transitional period um, from where we're going from now until, you know, maybe this is a lot more mainstream. And in, in, in this article, uh, I'll just bring it up here um, and, and show everybody. This is, a, I think this is one of, you know, Three. The, the ones that I definitely really got into here yeah. is because it talks about uh, the Bitcoin International Treaty, the bit, which I thought was very clever on your part, right? Like that was, that was fun. I um, <laughs> you're going to be a fortune teller at some point, possibly. Uh, I mean, mathematically, it just seems like, you know, hey, if you guys are looking for, you know, the, the treaty name, like this would be a great one. Um, but it, it goes through not only like where we're at, but kind of like how we get up to about the year 2050. And I, you know, to, to kind of summarize it, like just in that to set it up for you, um, this this activity that we're involved in is going to have giant ramifications for a centralized form of government. Uh, you're, I'm sorry. So a centralized form of government, you mean like you mean like in this... terms of decentralizing it? Oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean. Yeah, I mean this. I mean this. This piece right here, like, what if the state? I mean, basically, I I, I decided at the end of twenty one, I wanted to do a three parter and kind of like matriculate. Uh, basically, starting off twenty twenty three or twenty thirty three, I say like, there's a Bitcoin International Treaty. All these states basically say we give up. Like, Bitcoin fiat sucks. We're going to start playing on a hard money standard. And right. then after that, then I start saying, well, how does that affect education, which which I placed in, I think, the early 2040s. And this one you're talking about, I'm placing in the 2050s. So what we see is there's a lot of things about government that just doesn't make sense on a hard money standard. It's near it's nearly impossible. I started off saying, hey, just from the tax receipts to the expenditures, and you could take any, you could take maybe different graph per se to to outline, you know, where money comes from for the government. But on a hard money standard, if you don't, if you don't essentially create value, you are losing value and you will go bankrupt. And so I basically said, based on a hard money standard, based on the idea that the that even governments could go bankrupt. Where do we, where do we find values? Where do we find value in the current, in the current tools we have? How do we supplement the the shortcomings that governments won't be able to support? So I I highlighted a bunch of different things. The post office, you know, we have our our USPS. It's it's hemorrhages money on a on an annual basis. Maybe one year is profitable. Um, <laughs> why do we why do we have that when all? I mean, even now we have all of these different um, private private sources of postal services that are out there, and they are big money. I mean, to have the post office now is not the same reason why there is a post office needed 300 years ago. So mm-hmm. if we talk about progress, um, let's not waste potentially a billion dollars a year on that. And one of the, if the government is now like, Hey, now we have to tighten our belt. That's probably one of the first things that would go. Um, Welfare made obsolete by hard money. So it's like, these are the types of things I think uh, our government provides all these governments, all these services, this free money for people who aren't, who aren't creating value. And I'm I'm not saying that we shouldn't be a a kind hearted um, altruistic society. 
Um, but there, you, we know that there are many instances where people are manipulating that system, they are gaming it, and they are ex essentially extorting uh, the honest taxpayers for the sake of living uh, basically rent-free or rent-seeking uh, over on top of the people who, who work hard. So it's like this, this is another example. Police defunded by hard money. Um, <clears throat> you know, we have security services guarding buildings. We have security services guarding important people. Politicians talk about they want to disarm society, but they have armed guards with AR-15s and, and level four body armor. So it's funny that local societies couldn't put forth their own security forces to take care of them. And it's funny, you know, we always talk about the the dichotomy, the, the angst between the people and their police. Well, the police don't belong to the people. The police belong to the local government that actually pays them. And mm -hmm. if the local government decides that the people are bad news and they want to oppress them, coerce them, uh, the people pay. I mean, the, the the government pays those the the city the city police department paychecks. The city uh, the government pays the county um, police department the sheriff's paychecks. So, but what happens if we flip that around? What happens if people come together uh, in in a crowdsourced manner and start saying, "Hey, um, security security provider A." We want you to, to patrol this neighborhood. We all have neighborhood watches in our uh, growing up, or you saw those neighborhood watch signs, you know, walking around the neighborhood. Those aren't anything, but imagine if those actually meant something. Neighborhood watch provided by, you know, Shane Hazel Incorporated, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, these guys, Shane Hazel Incorporated, they work for me, and they are protecting my interests. Not to say that now you now you you can be a bad actor, but they are mm -hmm. protecting my interests and the interests of others in this city. And if they do a bad job, their reputation is at stake. Oh, it's like, look at that, all kinds of crime, there's no peace. Shane Hazel Incorporated Security Services, they're not going to be able to expand to another city to provide that service. They're going to get a bad reputation, especially with how communication is nowadays yelp reviews etc cetera, etc cetera. but what do we know the state has a monopoly on violence and if they lose the monopoly on violence because they can't afford to pay for that violence uh then what we'd end up doing is we end up getting private contractors to take care of us and they will take care of us better than any police department could because we actually pay their bill imagine about imagine you have your own local bodyguard organization. Uh, that bodyguard is not going to let anything happen to you because their paycheck is at stake. And then we I, talk, I talk about, about go this. ahead. Yeah. I, I, I talk about this all the time with people, yeah. especially the people like, because, because we are in a changing paradigm. Like we are, we right now there's, there's a fork in the road and it's either you're going to go towards a police department that's funded probably by the national level like cbdc level right and like they they started trying to do this years and years ago by introducing things like civil asset forfeiture so they incentivize mm -hmm. people you know going through and and taking people's stuff without any type of criminal uh you know charges or anything like that and making the, the those things stand by themselves so i guess my point is is like look people like you've got an opportunity here to think about this is do you want your local police controlled and incentivized 
on a CBDC standard where they will do anything for the CBDCs that is issued from the executive at a presidential level. So you got to get your shots, you got to get your passports, you got to get your IDs, you got to get your chips, you got to, you know, have this kind of diet, you, whatever it is, ESG scores, you name it. Like that's all what will come with a CBDC in terms of, you know, total tyrannical control. Or you can have a local police department that has an open code, right? Like, you know, for a fact, like this is their job, A, B, C, and D, violent criminals, rape, you know, uh, kidnapping, coercion, uh, murder, you know, just, just the obvious, like, Hey, these are, this is what we police for. We don't do anything else right like if if this if you want something else done in this local area we're not your guys but i guarantee you we will make sure that the violent crime in this area does not happen and at the same time you start to look at it like if you're running these like a company well look at some of the best companies out there where like where do you go for amazing service like what what brands do you associate with a just absolutely outstanding service Chick-fil-A comes to mind down here in the South, right? Like it's always my pleasure. Thank you very much. Let's just inundate these guys with as much customer service as possible so that they finally like, Hey, and you just gotta let me eat my chicken sandwich. Appreciate everything. Right. But like, that's, that's what you want from, you know, somebody who's in service for protection like that is you want open source code. You want open source understanding of how they're getting paid. You want the ability to not frequent that establishment if they're, if they have bad actors or if they have bad reputation. Um, and at the same time, you know, you want those people in the public eye going, you know what, man, that organization is a class act and this area around here is better because they're here. There's so much opportunity for privatization. Um, if we allow it, we can't allow it on a fiat standard because they get to control so much, uh, and they essentially cannot go bankrupt. Uh, despite pushing out all different types of Im impossible, impossible edicts, impossible move uh, uh, of movements by the government, it's only through a hard money standard where you can force. Basically, you can't force people to abide by something if you don't create value. And I'm not saying even if you create value you, on a Bitcoin standard, you can't force anyone. Let me let me take that back. What I'm trying to say is the governments that don't create value, they have to now become an honest actor in society. And if all of a sudden the United States say, you know what, we're going to start we're going to start creating value. We're going to start turning a profit and we're going to make sure that we are an honest actor in capitalism, then so be it. Then they'll have their 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 state and they'll be able to participate uh, in society. Uh, in a balanced way, but they don't. But printing your own money, the the balance of power it will always be misaligned for the people who get to create uh, money out of nothing. So Bitcoin, when we talk about when politicians and, and libertarians as well, when they say, "Oh, we want we have to take the power back," you can't take the power back unless you take the money back. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's so it's so vital. It's so intrinsic to uh our future that we make sure that 
the government doesn't control the, our money. And what, what's happening right now? You already mentioned it. CBDCs, they're trying, they, fiat's not good enough. They say they want more control. The, gov yeah. the state must always be in, in, a, in a state of perpetual growth. And they have grown so strong, so powerful through technology and information, and it's still not enough. Now they need to get this highly programmable money that, that invades every single step that you take in life. And people are numb to it. It's really sad. Um, but, we're, but we're here. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it, it also just kind of violates the principles of what money is supposed to be in the first place, right? Like money is supposed to be kind of trustless. I mean, and, and Bitcoin is com completely trustless, which, which undermines what they're trying to do in the beginning, right? Is like if you're, it, it, I should say maybe highlights, if you have to monitor the actions of anybody who's transacting in a currency it means your currency is just awful it means it's it, it is a terrible currency to begin with because there's there's no trust in it so you got to have you know these imperfect human beings as overlords to say hey you know this this is this is what we should be doing is force quote quote unquote force morality which is really just a you know a, i guess a, a cloak for you know, whatever they want you to do to begin with. And, and go ahead. Yeah, it's so funny. I want to make sure that you remember this because I, I had just heard it recently. Andreas Antonopoulos was speaking in a small form. And we always talk about the three pillars of the three characteristics of money, uh, medium of exchange, unit of count, store of value. Mm -hmm. But he added another one. You're describing it right now. And this is ever since, you know, central banking came into came into existence. Uh, but um, a form of control. So mm -hmm. unit of accounts, medium of exchange, store of value, that's all good, but a form of control as well. And you see that with censorship, for whether state to state or state to individual. And this is the type of thing that will only get worse on CBD, on a CBDC standard. Go ahead. That's I'm right. sorry. No, you know, I think you're exactly right. A lot of times what we, uh, I think we, what I refer to it as is uh, communications protocol. Right. It's, it's if your communications protocol is a CBDC, that means you're all for the monopoly of force and coercion and, and you, you're just a, an agent of force and coercion. Whereas Bitcoin, your communications protocol has got to be peace and consent because that's the only way you're going to ever have a transaction with another being. And that, I mean, it speaks for itself. You don't need to say anything else after that. Um, yeah, man. So I I want to I want to talk about a lot of the stuff can be really thick for some people, right? Um, the fun side of Bitcoin, the the amazing culture of Bitcoin. Uh, you know, you're from the West Coast. You used to play some basketball a little bit here and there, right? And so, um, hey, you know, I, still, like, I can still get up now. Come on, I, <laughs> oh, I know you can, man. But you know, let me ice my knee. Let me ice my knee. <laughs> <laughs> the chances of us ever running into each other, right? And, and and like I don't know, being in the same mindset to be like, hey man, like this guy is cool as shit over here. You know, Bitcoin provides this opportunity, and there is, you know, minus the people that are, you know, the Elizabeth Warrens and stuff out there that would, you know, obviously get dragged in a Bitcoin conference. Um, this space has allowed, you know, for for guys like us to interact, become friends and see some things. And I just kind of wanted to like get your take, like, you know, this, this time around, I don't know, is this second or third time going to the, the conference? 
This is my second Bitcoin conference. This is probably my third overall. I okay. think it's my third overall. Yeah. And I, if I understand where you're going at, what you're driving at, the uh, I will say the first conference, uh, it was me going out there on my own uh, and knowing knowing people at Bitcoin Magazine, uh, but not, you know, they have a job to do. I can't really hang out with them. After meeting mm-hmm. Anders and Pubby, um, they sort of like, introduced me to from Anders and Pubby from Toxic Happy Hour. You guys go check out their spaces. Um, they introduced me to more people out there. I got the chance to say, hey, yeah, you know, I'm the guy who did the declaration. They're like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. So it's like meeting people the first time is nice. Seeing people another time, Pacific Bitcoin around the corner from me, uh, really helped out but then that third instance where I go to to the third uh, to the set my second Bitcoin conference in Miami, and it's just like, wow, like seeing you for the third time, uh, seeing so many other people for the third time, and then having that base comfort was enabled me to launch and meet other people that I knew in the virtual environment and talking to them for the first time as well. Uh, you know, representing you know Pleb Underground with Coin Icarus and Walton. Uh, you know, seeing seeing them uh, for the first or second time, uh, respectively, it's like these are the types of things where it's like I would never associate, like you said, I would probably never associate with you um, or half or dozens of other people that I've met or now consider friends or at least strong acquaintances. The catch is that we have this baseline understanding that we're here for something so world changing, and everything else i can be you can have different faith you can have different different worldview from a if you a political background you can mm-hmm. be in, in you can like you can hate video games or like or or hate basketball or whatever but it's the catch the catch is i could i can hate you know punk rock music that baseline that baseline outweighs all of that because yeah. for the time that we're here we are going to have this experience that's unlike anything of anything else because so many different people from many different backgrounds come together uh that is so unique to the bitcoin space and i always say that bitcoin is money for your enemies and you may you may see people at those conferences that you don't like and that that materialized at the conference a lot of big wig people with uh with big names and big big support groups uh they had confrontations uh and they fleshed it out uh and they go their separate ways but that's a part of bitcoin bitcoin's not bitcoin's as much of a kumbaya opportunity it is there's going to be heads are going to bump and people are going to figure out what this space means to themselves to others what it means for how it's going to evolve in the future and that's not a bad thing i mean you think the declaration of independence back in seven in the 1700s was written with a with a bunch of smiley faces people were probably you know benjamin franklin probably wanted to punch alexander hamilton you never you never know we probably have some stories i i'm pretty sure i forgot most of them but these are the kind of things that you know the space is alive because people are passionate about it and uh it's exciting to be there and although I'm not the type to go engage in in debates with with those guys, you know, much smarter and much much more uh, history than me, I could say that being a part of a group like this that um, that is world world changing, that people are looking at like y'all are crazy, but y'all have something there. Like that sucker ain't going away. Bitcoin's not dying. Like CNB, like MSNBC is telling me. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
there's something resilient or anti-fragile has been called about Bitcoin and its people. Uh, and it's going, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, I, I think somebody I'm trying to remember who described it as the Incredible Hulk from the comics, right, is like, you know, the more you attack the Hulk, the stronger it gets till it subdues whoever's attacking it. It doesn't matter how many, whatever, like this, that is the Bitcoin community. It's not just Bitcoin, like this Bitcoin community is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. There are, you know, there are years that are up, there are years that are down. And I, I got to say, you know, like this year we were... We are off of what last year, you know, 40 something last year when we were there. Now, you know, we're down at like, I don't know, 27 in terms of fiat currency. And so you saw some of, a, you know, some of the crowd had maybe dissipated just a, a little bit. But that crowd was, I think, more convicted, more knowledgeable, more energized. Like the vibration this year for me, man, like it was it, it was insane to just to be open to it, to feel it, to like just kind of go in there and groove with anybody you kind of came across whether it was on you know the, the the exhibitor floor or you know out on the street in miami like somebody's you know walking around rocking a nostril shirt or something like that you're just like yeah high five man right <laughs> so like that's that's the vibe of this community and and to take you know that and, and to spread it out that vision where you know you got some dude with a, a shirt that's just walking down the street that's a complete stranger that you you know you're high five it i would i would much much rather live in a community or a world where that kind of stuff is happening this positive engagement from one person to another on a very very regular basis uh then people that are like oh i'm a democrat you're a republican let's squabble about the latest talking points and let me and let me cut you off because there, because people could watch this and say oh well you know i wear my laker jersey I'm, I'm i wear kobe and or i wear my my uh my who's playing that my Jokic jersey for the nuggets and it's like well hold on for a minute because these people who are wearing these shirts right here or the noster shirt or the bitcoin miami that was made by that was made by bitcoin charlotte you know shout out yeah. to liz yeah um these types of representations they're not representing other people's entity you know you're not you're not a bitcoin fan uh you are a bitcoin you are a participant in the network and i you know i am i am as much as i love basketball i always get on people when they say oh yeah you know you know we lost you know we won by 12 and it's like what do you mean we won like you know you're you're watching you're watching the Orlando Magic play. You're watching the Miami Heat play. Like, but it's that that propaganda where it's like they have to they have to try to to uh, the teams, the entities, or the media is good, great at this, making individuals, making the retail individuals identify so closely with the people that they're watching from afar that they buy into that they are we, and so that means I will buy all their stuff. Bitcoin yeah. is different, like. You adopt Bitcoin as your money, and that is your that is your network. That is your that is your some. I saw a recent term, a digital digital nation, if you will. Mm -hmm. And all by it, that it's good to have patriotism. It's good to it's even good to like your hometown team. Uh, there's something bigger about this monetary standard because it is world changing. And it'll help you identify with people that you never thought you could. And it's good to have those relationships, synergy with, with different people, synergy with, with people distant from you around the corner. Uh, and that, that experience that you see that high five, that's more, that's more real than any high five a Laker fan could give to another Laker fan. Oh, 
beautifully put. Um, so I, I have a couple questions, and you know, you know, these these are you know more for I think people who have never been to any of these kind of things that yes, are reticent about you know like this is it's a big step in hey take let's let's take our our money and cold storage it and become our own bank like it's it's so much bigger than that um like th this this year 2023 uh you were down early for range day and everything else like i was um when when you look at the entire event that you attended you know from the, the time you touched down in miami until the time you you were you're leaving do you have a like a moment that stands out to you uh that you were just kind of like I, you knew this moment in time was like a, a really a, a precious moment. You're like, this is, this is amazing. you like mm. a, a aha moment down there. Um, yeah, a couple. Uh, so funny. There was one that a story that Q told me, uh, Q from Bitcoin magazine. He's on the news desk. Shout out to Q, my co my co-host for the Bitcoin ballers. We, we should have our show once a week. Um, he told me a story that was actually outside of, Bitcoin was talked about something he knew about me from my younger days. And I didn't know because we come from, we grew, went to the same, or we went to high schools that were uh, close in close proximity. So he told me a story that was shocking. And if I never met him, I probably would never have heard that story before. Um, just because, and so it's, it's very unique. I'll tell you that story another time. It was, it was actually quite emotional. Um, it was in a, in a good way. Um, additionally, um, walking around at nighttime after a party, uh, after a, after an engagement, and and just going onto the beach uh, at nighttime, all, nearly pitch black, with a bunch of other Bitcoiners. And if they weren't Bitcoiners, I probably wouldn't be caught dead with these people. And it was like, and I had to come to. <laughs> it's like they they're just different from me. And it's but guess what? Like I said before, it's like sitting here looking at the at the skyline you know the big tall apartment buildings on miami and it was like peaceful and at the same time it was like it was like chaotic because people were half drunk and whatever but <clears throat> it was like wow like i'm really enjoying this little holiday it's a it's a little fantasy world out from the normal uh from the normal grind and I, i'll admit like people ask me like oh what was the best part of the conference like what 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 presentation did you see i'm like brother like i didn't see one presentation <laughs> not um, one and it was the best decision i ever made i didn't have a moment in time where i wasn't shaking someone's hand giving them a hug talking about the work they did or the work i did uh, it was non-stop and for that week whether we were on the range whether we were whether i was walking from one location to another uh, just having those constant engagements, I wouldn't change it for all the tea in China. Uh, and at the end of the week, the last instance I had, I was uh, it was after the Bitcoin uh, after party, the Bitcoin magazine after party. Me and Sh Big Sean Harris, another ball player um, from the Meme Factory, shout out to him and his show, Greg Zaj. Me and him were just walking around on the on the the Wynwood streets, just watching the chaos. You know, it's like you know, it's like the Vegas Strip down there, and we were just talking. And it's like that that guy, you know, so much similarity with him. You know, ball player, ball player. Um, we had never really spent any time together, and it was for me, it was like a great wrap up to a to an awesome week. And 
I think everyone probably had that little instance where, you know, you, you, you pair up with a, with a buddy for 10 minutes and you just like have this heart to heart and you get to know that person to the point where it's like, now you're my brother or now you're my sister. Um, and I think that that conference created so many of those memories that you, it's addictive and you want to, you don't want to just, you can't just sit like there because we have to go build, you know, Bitcoiners are builders. Yeah. But this celebration, it's the most important holiday for me where I get to sit, whether it's the, the conference for the Miami conference or now Nashville for a few days, whether it's a Pacific one, BitBlock Boom. Uh, we as Bitcoiners need that because when we go back to the regular world, we're in the battlefield. There are people who, who either don't understand us or absolutely hate us. And <laughs> it's like a refueling for us um, yeah. with these interactions. And it's, it's necessary. It's beautiful. Uh, and it's going to keep on happening. Extremely well said. I, I said the same thing. I was like, you know, guys that are out, you know, doing this, you know, 24 seven orange pill, right? Like this is live, sleep, breathe, eat all like this. That if that's the mission while you're out and then you get around people that are already on the mission, you don't have to talk about the mission anymore. It's to, to a certain degree, right? Like there are yeah. obviously there's some, but like a lot of times now it's just like, Hey man, like, what do you do? What are you interested in? What makes you laugh? Like, what are you into outside of like, bitcoin and all this kind of stuff and you also get to like congratulate people like when when you see and you're part of this kind of stuff and you're seeing the evolution of your friends over you know a year maybe two years three years and where they started their bitcoin journey where they were like you know not not anywhere you know hanging out by themselves having dinner by themselves in miami or whatever right like, dude i was i was that guy right and so and and but now like they're they've got businesses or shows or charity or wh whatever it is you know they've got projects inside the space and you're like you're seeing them grow you're seeing them mature you're seeing them give back in terms of charity like on top of you know the the brotherhoods and the sisterhoods and you know those moments like just what perfectly said this is this is so much bigger and culturally i think that you know people talk about the culture war like i think that the mathematical certainty is on our side and like i am blessed to have you know friends like you uh and, and and man like to to come on here and do my show man i i am so grateful and i gotta be real respectful of your time i know um you know we're, we're running up on that hour the the, the hopes and dreams of of, of yourself kind of going forward this this next year in, in bitcoin what, what what are you looking to do and how can my audience help you out well, I do, I do want to say thank you for being one of the people that when I came to the conference, I wanted to say, I wanted to go on Shane Hazel's show. And oh, it was one of those things. And I told you that. And it was one of those things where as a engineer, as a, maybe, a maybe a little bit, maybe I'm high on my, not high on myself. But I'm a little bit more reserved as a not mark. I'm not a marketer. So I'm not going to say, Hey, you know, you should sign me up for you. I can do X, Y, Z. It's like, but someone told me, it's like, hey, if you want to, if you want to have a part in something, you have to, you have to present yourself uh, mm -hmm. in a gracious and, and, and engage in optimistic way. And so I, I just want to thank you for having me on the show. Um, in terms of what I'm doing, like, I'm going to, this isn't my job, you know, this, this is what I do in my free time when it's, it's amazing what you can do when you stop playing a few hours of video games every day. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. I can go, I can go, I'm, I'm 
older than I've ever been before. I've broken my I've broken my record for the oldest I've ever been. Yeah, every day. But I'm in the gym all the time, lifting back to back days. You know, I'm, I'm working out like I'm in my 20s. Uh, and I'm writing like I've never written before. I've, it's amazing. I'm an engineer. And all of a sudden, I Bitcoin drove me to write, and that's what I'm going to do. I have 15 published articles. I have probably another three or four in the works. People are now coming up to me saying, "Hey, I want to work with you. I want to do a collaborative writing projects." I'm I'm slated to be on multiple podcasts. Uh, I'm going to continue to try to push the declaration to multiple venues uh, where people can use it as a as a totem, as a as a learning as a learning platform, as a learning device, uh, as a just a place to take a cool selfie. And uh, whether it's whether it's Pacific Bitcoin, um, maybe Bitblock Boom, uh, the, the Tab Conference, whatever my time allows, or Mike's or Mark Mariah's times allow allows, uh, we're going to be there. Uh, so the best thing I could say: follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, go check out my website. Uh, DM me and tell me that you that you liked a certain article and tell me why you liked it. Um, those are the kind of things I, I work, I work for knowing that I impacted people and uh, the few messages that I've gotten because of that. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I say, thank you very much. Uh, and I'm like, I walk away with a sense of achievement and those, and that's, and that's why I need, and that's what I, and that's why I do it for. I do it for the people. I do it to, to get my thoughts out. Maybe one day I'll write a book. Um, I just can't stop talking about Bitcoin because it's going to change the world. Amazing. Makes, uh, makes culture better, makes individuals better, makes, uh, makes society better. And, uh, it has been my humble pleasure Ulrich, to hang out with you again, man. Uh, and listen, anytime you, you got something going on, uh, come hang out with me, man. I really That's appreciate great. it for everybody else. Uh, this is going to wrap it for this show until next time. I love you. I need you. Peace. <laughs>